Welcome to Humans Grow. You can think of this as your spiritual brunch, a divine sampling of personal growth, healing, and soul empowerment with a sprinkling of magic realness that is making the esoteric practical. My name is Danny. I am your host and lover of all things soul, spirit, and magic. So a couple housekeeping notes before we jump in. The sound is slightly effed on these first few episodes, but here at Humans Grow, we are committed to done over perfect. So I'm going to work on it. I'll be recording future episodes with a microphone, so it's a bit more pleasing to the ear, but until then, we are rolling with what we've got. Episodes are recorded with video, which you can catch on YouTube if you prefer that format. You also may hear references to Facebook Lives throughout these recordings, and that's because I do go live with all guests in a community on Facebook before they are released via podcast, and you can find all the links to the Facebook and the YouTube in the show notes. Lastly, there is no release schedule. This is not a production where you can expect episodes weekly on a certain day. I choose flow in all areas of my life and create when it feels good, relevant, and right to do so. I'm not going to put an episode out because the schedule tells me I have to. I'm going to put an episode out because there's true connection and medicine in the field asking to be heard. If you'd like to be notified when new episodes are released, you can hop on our mailing list through our link in the show notes or subscribe to our YouTube channel. So with that, let's get into it. Enjoy, my friends. All right. Welcome, everyone. My name is Danny. I am your host. I am a growth guide and spiritual mentor, and we are here in the Priestess Power Sisterhood on the Humans Grow podcast, exploring all things goddess culture, sacred sound, devotion with Miss Elsa Field, Priestess of Avalon. So I am beyond, beyond excited for today because Elsa is such a pristine pristine, innocent embodiment of the goddess. She just emanates, the goddess light emanates through her. And I cannot wait for you guys to experience this. And she's got a little gift for us at the end. She's gonna be showering us in some light codes through her exquisitely angelic voice. I cannot overstate that enough (laughs) that when people say, oh, you have the voice of an angel, this woman actually has the voice of an angel. So who is Elsa? Elsa is a fearless soul singer, goddess visionary, priestess of Avalon, and sacred devotional musician. Her joy and passion is to guide women to come home to the divine channels that they naturally are. Mm, Yes. She has been developing the sacred practices of the devotional singer for the past 10 years. And in the past four years within the healing lineage of the priestess of Avalon. She was called to get dedicate her life to the goddess as her priestess and in 2018 moved to Glastonbury, her soul home where she now lives and works creating devotional music for the Lady of Avalon, great goddess of that sacred land. Elsa, anything I missed that you would like people to know about you before we dive in? Thank you so much, Danny. Oh, such a joy to be in this beautiful space. And I can just feel when you were doing that welcome, it felt like this kind of soft petals of like the lotus flower or something like this, just opening and this beautiful container being created. I just, 
I just adore the way that you invoke and hold sacred space. So yeah, nothing more to say. Just thank you for having me. It's a joy. Hi, thank you, sister. And for those of you that are listening on the podcast, um, I do some invocations and some speaking in the Facebook group that we go live in before. So that is what she's referring to. Thank you. Thank you, Elsa. And I just want to share kind of how we met. So I met Elsa. Um, in an online program last year. And I was really, really starting to feel the call to Avalon. So um, I myself don't necessarily like directly channel with beans or anything like that, but things, the way that I notice that different guides show up for me is that I'll start to see different colors repeatedly, numbers, symbols, books will show up and I'll know, okay, this deity is trying to commune with me or this energy, this entity. And um, so I had really, I started seeing the color purple everywhere. I was um, kept hearing Avalon and I had never heard of it before. And then I kind of learned what it was. So I asked Elsa, I was like, oh my gosh, you're in Glastonbury. That's the land of Avalon, like the legends of Avalon. And she had recommended this book, The Mists of Avalon. My mentor had mentioned that book as well. And I saw it a third time somewhere else. I always just like to wait and see things in threes because then I know like, all right, this is the direction I go. And I just got so activated. So I knew I had to go to Glastonbury. And I saw that Elsa had posted that she was hosting this beautiful temple singer, singer retreat. So I was like, dope, those are my dates. I'm gonna go visit Elsa. And she did, she hosted this amazing retreat. There were women there. There were, I think there were 30 women, correct? From like five different countries, all coming here to gather in their priestesshood, to activate their voices, to be devotional in the land of Avalon. And the space you held was just so sacred and so beautiful, Elsa. And then she also took me on a nice little private tour to see these sacred um, oak trees. And we just had this beautiful time together. So to be able to bring her here now and share her with all of you, I am just beyond excited. So that being said, first things first, energies continue to be crazy. Let's chat about it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the priestess tools that is priestess sciences, I will say, is astrology, right? So we have this Capricorn full moon happening right now at the time of this recording. Tell us about it, Elsa. Mm, thank you, Danny. Yeah. So this this full moon just passed is, excuse me, is probably one of the most powerful moons of this year. This is what people who are much more well-versed in astrology than I am have been saying, but I bet we can all feel it, right? It's this really strong energy when we're working with the Capricorn Cancer axis. So the signs of the Zodiac that are opposite each other. So we're in Cancer season right now, but the full moons within each season will be in the opposite sign to the constellation of the zodiac that the sun is moving through. So the moon has just passed through Capricorn. We're now in moon in Aquarius on this particular day. But that full moon for me really felt reflective of coming home to our emotional truth and integrity in the pathway to manifesting our desires. That's really the theme that was coming through me and that I was seeing reflected in other content creators and people who are bringing this wisdom out into the world, right? Because the energy of Capricorn is 
very much this builder energy as a Capricorn sun myself <laughs> and also I have four planets in Capricorn so wow. I'm super down with the earthy earthy structure vibes and Capricorn energy is really really like we love to really get stuff done we love to climb the mountain we're not intimidated by hard work or a um a full day of devotion to our project or creation or whatever it is there's like this really loud bird outside my window can you hear him or her <laughs> i kind of a little bit that's so funny because when i was speaking there was this loud like garbage truck and i was oh totally with deep focus it's so, so sweet like, is. <laughs> it's so sweet it's um yeah i don't i think i don't know if it's a sparrow maybe but i hardly ever get this yeah this type of bird like i'm right in the the lands of Avalon and there are birds everywhere but yeah this particular bird's just been peeping away all afternoon so apologies if you pick that up everybody. We love some bird song it's all good. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah so as I was saying it's combining that really earthy rooted energy of Capricorn with the emotional depth and presence of Cancerian energy and I, I am really um, really close to some beautiful Cancerian beloveds in my life and their emotional presence and intelligence is unmatched by any other sign in the zodiac that's how I feel about cancers for sure and so it really combines that beautiful emotional fluidity of cancer season with this peak of the full moon in Capricorn that's helping us to really attune to what our deepest desires and real truth around maybe emotional situations that are a bit tricky in our lives or conversations that we're struggling to have or put forward and that's been the invitation over this past week and it's definitely moved its way through my personal life is that real feeling of needing to step up in the level at which I am devoted to my truth and my voice and really ensuring that I'm heard, seen and understood as a pathway to creating more love actually in our lives, really by speaking our boundaries, really speaking our loving truth, our beautiful opinions about whatever it may be, but in a way that combines that compassionate emotional truth of cancer, right? Mm -hmm. So that's been my overview of the last few days. I don't know if you have anything to add, Danny. Yeah, I mean, I would just say everything you said, I would double tap on and I've been feeling it. I mean, this entire year has been quite um, an emotional uprooting for me. Um, and I think for humanity, just in general, everything I hear from my teachers, everything that I'm watching is that this is a rebirth year. So everything's going to come up. So that's going to be your emotions, your patterns, your behaviors, and you're going to be shown them in real time. And the universe is asking you like, is this the life you want? What life do you choose to create? Because we're being presented the way I relate to it is we're being presented with the opportunity this year to choose our highest timeline, our highest soul timeline. So even though this year for many people can feel very bumpy and like a roller coaster, it's like the universe is saying, great, you can have your highest timeline. Let's clear all this stuff out. Let's look at it and let's choose differently from here on out. Um, and then also just with the, I love that you brought in, um, you know, kind of Capricorn as the, the workhorse, so to speak, I guess it'd be like the work is Capricorn, Capricorn a goat. 
Yeah. No, that's scary. Is it? Is it? <laughs> it's a goat with a mermaid's tail. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Right. That's the emotion. And then the, the workhorse. So I have felt energetically, like I'm in the gym lifting weights as far as like what I'm doing. And the thing that, cause I'm just, there's so much creation coming through me right now. And it's in a way where it feels very aligned, but it's requiring willpower, not so much like effort, but it's what you spoke to. It's, it's like, it's devotion and service to love. So it's not that it's just like, oh, rainbows and butterflies. I'm birthing this. I'm having to choose every day. Like, am I am I building the quote unquote empire of love that I desire to build here? What am I in service to today? And how do I need to show up to do that? Maybe I just want to nap all day, but no, I've got to do this. And usually I'm very much the person that's like, if you need to nap, you nap. (laughs) But in this season for myself, the way I'm relating to it, I'm like, okay, great. I need to build in time for rest, but where's my devotion? I'm really calling on my devotional willpower to, um, to create. And I think there's a difference between producing and creating. And it comes down to me again to that. Is it, what is it in service to, is it in service to building something that is an extension of my soul or is it in service to trying to prove my worth or thinking that I have to do something? So that's kind of like the fine difference in the energies and how I relate to it. Mm, Yeah. I love that. And it reminds me of of the the process that's taught a lot in manifestation circles around taking aligned action because i feel like we're moving we're moving out of this paradigm now in terms of like law of attraction style thinking but yes of course we're speaking our our precise specific intentions and desires to the universe But it doesn't mean that by taking aligned action, even in times where it's difficult and there's resistance, that doesn't mean that we're pushing against the tide. Sometimes that's what it takes, right? Sometimes it really takes that showing up for the resistance and almost seeing the resistance itself as a guide, as an invitation to go deeper into really how you can weave even more of your soul's truth into your offering or your creation or whatever it is, it it adds that deeper layer, right? And I think that's the blessing of the energy of Capricorn, really. It really is that start now, get perfect later style of energy. And so in that way, it's maybe a little bit different to the Virgoan energy, which is highly detail oriented and has its own gifts and blessings. But we're moving through this season now where of course, for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, we're approaching the time of Lamas in the Celtic Wheel, which is the first harvest. So right through midsummer now, we've we've come out the other side of the solstice. We're moving towards the harvest time. And I personally love to really plan my years around this cycle. So really the energy of the last few days has felt supportive of that in terms of really harvesting of all of the the beautiful work and devotion and and service that we've put out into the world in the first half of the year and now we're really starting to actualize and manifest and see things begin to ground even if they're just tiny minutia steps on the path forward because that's the energy that mother earth is going through right now so it's so supportive to that yeah, and what I want to name is because I think sometimes, and I know I this 
this happened to me when I was on the growth path, I would hear this kind of thing of like, oh, reaping what you sow or the harvest. And I'd be like, okay, what, what business did I start? What did I do? And sometimes it's a mindset shift. Like sometimes many times these things are internal of like, wow, I'm actually transformed and I'm now in my new identity and this is how I operate in the world now. So for those of you out there listening, like when, when we're harvesting, many times it's, okay, who are we in the world now? What have we released? What have we claimed for ourselves? And Elsa, I loved how you talked about coming into really just designing your life around the cycles and really coming into relationship with those, because that's something that's an art that has been so lost to humanity. And I think, you know, it's even beyond an art, it's like an integral um, part of the human experience that we're beginning to wake up and realize that is super important to claim. So I would love if you could just talk a little bit about um, your relationship to the cycles of the year and how it's impacted your life um, coming into deeper connection with those. Mm, this is such a beautiful question and it's actually something that I was just talking to a client about the other day as well so it's obviously in the in the sphere right now yeah because I think more and more women especially are coming online to this because of course many of us have that cyclical rhythm within us of the menstrual cycle so it's been such a hot topic really as as we really begin to fully understand how we can combine that ancient wisdom of the first ever calendar that was ever created, the lunar calendar, the menstrual cycle calendar, how we can really integrate that into our modern day lives. And so I would say for myself personally, I am weirdly not super duper structured around it. It's more like it's so embedded into my psyche now after having done a three year priestess training where we went deeply into the energy of each of the seasonal festivals in the Celtic wheel and embodying that and living that and then taking that and making it my own and bringing in ritual and ceremony in my own life. It's like, it's, it's such a subtle energy that I can just feel it building and growing throughout the year and then ebbing and receding for the dark half of the year. And I'm also really conscious of the fact that it's different wherever you are on this beautiful planet. And some people may live in places where these seasonal changes are much more subtle, but they will still be there in some way. And the light change in particular is that's the thing that has the biggest impact on me is the longer days, like really noticing as someone who lives in a very, yeah, very temperate country of the UK where it rains a lot and it's pretty cold during winter. It's really that feeling of reawakening to the sun and to the sun goddess, the sun god within each one of us who's calling us to shine our light and to really bring that out into the world as the light builds throughout the year. And then really for me, the pivot starts to begin at Lamas, which is August 1st um, for us in the Northern Hemisphere. It will be the opposite time of year if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, because of course the seasons are reversed. So at Lamas, it really feels like this pause point where we're at the, the zenith, we're at the peak of the manifestation and growth power of the year. And then really we begin to subtly 
move into that season of the mother, the season of the harvest and the time of the equinox when we're really in that space of balance between dark and light. And there are just, I mean, there are so many ways we can explore this, but really what I love most about it is the invitation, not just to go into the light, but also the darker sides and the shadow sides of our own psyche, especially during those festivals when it's really assistive to do that. So around Samhain, October 31st, when the veils are thinner and Beltane equally the opposite end of the wheel on May 1st, these are times when the veils between worlds are thinner and many people report that they can really make contact with their beloved dead and with ancestral presences at this time. And in the lineage of priestessing I was trained in, the time of Samhain is when we really work with the crone energy. It's when we really invite in that archetype of the elder carrying her wisdom, but also preparing for her soul to pass over and move on. And within our own lives, that's such a potent symbol of what are we ready to shed? What are we, what are we ready to let go of into the fires? And so the beautiful thing about it is that these cycles happen, of course, once a year, but also on a monthly basis with the cycle of the moon, on a daily basis with the cycle of the sun. I mean, these are such ancient, primordial, primal parts of humanity. And there are so many little rituals and ceremonies you can do for yourself that will enhance your experience of that in your own unique way. And really there is no blueprint for that. It can be as simple as just having a little fire in your garden or placing a candle in your bedroom while you do a meditation and really feeling that that passage of whatever season or cycle is going on and feeling into the energy of that moment and how it's reflected in your embodiment and your experience right now. So yeah, I mean, there's so much to say about cycles. <sighs> yeah, and I love what you're saying around because it's really about how can we become sovereign, sovereignly engaged with, with these types of cycles, because I think, um, especially when people are first starting on the path and they hear about astrology or, you know, just like the priestess cycles, um, it can be like, well, I'm not going to let a, a planet dictate my life. And it's not, it's not about being controlled by an outside force. You cannot be controlled. You are always free. You are always sovereign unless you choose to give your power away. Um, it's about harnessing these energies to work for you. It's, you know, you're going to be in the river, whether you like it or not, you can either paddle upstream or downstream and one's going to be a lot more easy or a lot easier and a lot more powerful. And that's what I think is so interesting about these cycles is I haven't actually really studied them. Um, I mostly will tune into myself and feel like, okay, this is what I feel like I'm going through. And then I'll kind of scan like my spiritual teachers on Instagram and see what they're saying. It's like, oh yeah, that matches up. That's very cool. Um, just because that's the way that I relate to my truth. And so just welcoming everyone to understand that the universe is ultimately benevolent. And there are so many different energies you can harness and commune with in order to know yourself as love, to know that you are safe and to create a life that, um, is worth getting out of bed for in the morning. So thank you for sharing about your relationship to the cycles. Now I would love to talk about you. You know, you mentioned you had this three-year priestess training. What drew you to that? Were you on the priestess path before that? Really what initiated your priestesshood and what has your journey been? 
Yeah, so my priestess journey really began for me, I guess, way back when I was a teenager, actually. So I I had a Christian upbringing, but it was it was pretty loose, to be honest. It wasn't it wasn't anything like as kind of doctrinal and dogmatic as I hear some people share their experience was Um, my parents were very loose churchgoers, but I went to a Christian school. So I had, I ha- I did have this relationship with religion early on, which was one of total rejection because I didn't see the space where any questions were being asked. And yeah, this is something that I always do in every situation that I'm in is I ask a bunch of questions and I have strong opinions. And so throughout, (laughs) yes, for instance, that's why I have a PhD in a totally unrelated subject to this, but that's, yeah, that's another conversation maybe. Yeah. But it's all linked, right? Because it's that, it's that search for truth actually, that I think is at the heart of what you were speaking to Danny, like what, what inspires me to, to get up in the morning and do my thing in the world especially in a time when there is so much noise and so many agendas running and so much negativity in the general field of humanity that it would actually be a lot easier just to go out and sleep all day or whatever it is that's not doing the thing that I'm doing. Because actually being in your sovereign truth really takes work. It takes light energy that you're powering your truth with. And that all requires replenishment in your life through your spiritual practice and your devotional practice and whatever you do that really empowers you and enlivens you and brings you back into that place of being being the powerful being that you are. So anyway, that was a little bit off topic, but I think it relates because it's really about how I became more and more in my sovereign truth. And I went through many spiritual phases. Um, At one time I was super interested in modern witchcraft and I read a bunch of books about that and I was doing practices and ceremonies for myself. And then there was this moment where I visited Glastonbury for the first time, which for those who don't know is a pretty small town in kind of the middle of nowhere. True that, it was difficult to get to, yes. (laughs) Yes, difficult to get to. And so this beautiful sacred land has been a place of pilgrimage for so many thousands of years. And it was the site of the first Christian church in the UK as well. So it had a huge Druidic and pagan history. And then that morphed into um, Gnostic Christianity, early Christianity, all the way through to the present day. So, so many different beautiful, rich, divine codes and incredible beings have journeyed here. And I remember the moment when I went into the Glastonbury Goddess Temple for the first time. And that temple has been there for about 20 years now. Um, I think it's just coming up for for 21 years now that they've had that physical temple there. And I remember just feeling this overwhelming sense of homecoming walking into that space. And it was kind of indescribable, just this feeling of wholeness and completeness because finally I was seeing around me the images of the divine feminine and I'd never seen that before. 
I'd always seen, you know, how, for instance, in, in Wicca and modern witchcraft, it's always the polarity of the goddess and God, but it never views the goddess as whole onto herself both the creatrix and the destroyer, that she has all of these archetypes and facets within her, right? And that is, that for me as a young woman was such an empowering, like it literally made all of my cells just vibrate at a different frequency in that moment. And I knew that this was my place and I had to, I had to take part. I had to join in, I had to be part of the movement. And so I just kept going back to Glastonbury and at the time I was, I was too young to take the priestess training. I think I was like 22 when I first went to Glastonbury. And then eventually I was old enough. I reached like 24 and I was like, I'm going to do the priestess training now. Yay. <laughs> and so I went through my three years of training and that, yeah, that took me down so many different spirals and routes. And there are so many ways to self-initiate as a priestess. And there are so many incredible mentors and teachers who are offering priestess trainings of, of so many different varieties and in different lineages. And, and, and yet they're all one. And yet they're all really bringing us home to that divinity within and really healing that part of ourselves that maybe has become disconnected from the divine along the way in terms of projecting it outside of us onto other people or um, seeing deities as these great beings that we have to really call in for them to be present and actually no they're with us all the time all like all of us contain within every one of ourselves this this creatrix creator ability to be a part of, of the creation of this world. So that for me has been my guiding light on my priestess path throughout these, these past 10 years that I've been on this path. And yeah, it's just been such a blessing and a joy to rediscover. Yeah, <clears throat> and we would talk about, I love how you put this, the emanations, the different emanations of the goddess, because it's really easy to, especially as humans, right? We want to put something in the box. And so some of us have only been exposed to a certain point of the purity, the mother Mary or the Virgin, and just that, you know, the very innocent, pure nurturing, which is a beautiful, beautiful energy, but it's not the whole picture. And what happens when we try to put an energy in a box, then we cut ourselves off from anything that's not that. So if we, if we only see this mother that's pure, innocent energy, we can easily cut ourselves off or shame the sexuality, the rage, the destruction. And when we go back to talking about cycles, you know, the death and rebirth, the mother is it all. She is the Kali Ma that comes in and destroys. And that's not to strike fear within people. It's, hey, some things serve us. And when we're ready to go to the next chapter in our book, they no longer serve us. So we need that dark mother to come in as the destroyer and help us shake free from these patterns, these judgments, these jobs, these roles in our life that no longer serve our highest soul path in this lifetime. And so the goddess has so many different archetypes. You know, there's like the sensual sexual priestess, there's the destroyer, there's the mother, there's the nurturer, there's the maiden, there's the old wise woman, you know, it goes on and on and on. And what's so delicious and empowering and enlivening for me, when I first learned about the goddess is 
wow, we can actually call upon these as different archetypes, as different energies for the medicine that's needed in each moment. When do I need to call upon the wise woman? When do I need to call upon my queen? How would she lead in this situation? When do I need like some maiden playful energy and just forget my responsibilities and go feed my soul and like do cartwheels in the yard, you know, or whatever it is that reminds you not to take life so seriously. And it comes down to, they're all different faces of the one, of the one. And that one has a flame within each one of us. So they all live inside. So thank you so much for bringing that in. And as you've really grown, you know, Avalon, Glastonbury, Glastonbury is such a, a special place because it is small, as you said, and it can be difficult to get to. However, um, you know, it's a pilgrimage, any type of pilgrimage worth its salt, I find takes effort. It takes a travel. It takes that dedication, that devotion to I'm going to go through this to get there because that's what it means to me. And what I found so fascinating about Glastonbury, and I haven't experienced this anywhere else, is it really is a modern day priestess school, whether you're in the temple or you're not. The amount of community gatherings that happen in that town, there's something daily where you can go and be in community where there's actually people um, in devotion to the goddess, which I just have not seen. I mean, obviously in the field that we work in, we all do it, but it's online. You know, we're calling in our light sisters, our light brothers um, through the ethers. But Glastonbury is such an interesting um, place where it's actually manifest in the physical world. Um, and that's, and you know, that's part of the movement that you're a part of. So talk to us more about what is your movement in that space? You do a ton of work with the voice, work in the devotional spaces. Um, yeah, what feels really alive for you right now and what's been your experience working in Glastonbury? Mm, in your secret yeah. service out there. Yeah, so my service has really evolved since I moved there. Um, yeah, coming up for four years ago now. I finally, finally made the move. And when I first arrived, I was working three different jobs and I was just, yeah, just trying to ground myself there any way that I could. And I had a beautiful friend, uh, well, she's still my friend, yeah, of course, <laughs> um, who really brought me in to the sacred space of the temple and really mentored me in, in, um, in the field of, yeah, just stepping forward in terms of my daily practical service in the temple. So she really took a chance on me and offered me a job assisting her with some admin roles. And we worked together for a solid two years on the back end of so many things in the organization. And that was a huge initiation for me in so many ways. And it really, yeah, it really marked my I guess my my emergence into the world of the goddess and how she's showing up differently through each one of us at this time. And when I did the priestess training, uh, my teacher was very much just so, so beautifully um, available to encourage us to really share our unique gifts. And I had always been a singer and a songstress and created in the musical realm in many different ways in, in my life up to that point. 
Because you're classically trained, correct? That's what you study. Yes. 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 Um, And so I had that background and that really gave me this beautiful foundation, but it was also very restrictive. And many women that I speak to have had a similar experience in that realm. And it, it can really put us off using our voice in other ways later on in life. And 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 maybe really requires some some healing around those places where we've we've felt that restriction and also the feeling that our voice has to be for performing and for someone else and that other people have this expectation of how it has to sound and yeah just just a very uh very restrictive box that we can really put our incredible vessels of our voices into and i know that you work in the realm of the voice too danny so i would love to hear your uh yeah your experience of that but for me it was really this this deep dive into using my voice for devotion and i just found that naturally the goddess started speaking through my voice so I would be walking along and songs and chants would come in and flow through me and I would have to get my little voice recorder out and record them. And then I met my partner who's a music producer and he really, really gave me this supportive platform to, to begin to record some of my channeled music. And so my first recordings were in my little living room in Glastonbury and I would just lie on the floor and cover myself in crystals and channel these beautiful sounds and listening back to them now I can really see how my voice has matured through the past four years of creating devotional music and song for the goddess and it every time i listen to it it's really this sense that more and more of my soul's energy has come fully in and that really took some time because there were so many resistances in me to really allowing her to speak through me and being that sacred vessel and i see it now in so many of the women that i mentor on this path is that it really requires that trust and surrender to open up to how she's moving through you and how she wishes to speak and sing into the world. And that is such a precious gift to have in your priestess toolkit, as I like to say, that ability to feel really confident in how you express and move with sound and shape with sound, because it's a real creator of sacred space. And when you have that, that tool, it adds this depth and transformative other kind of dimension, dimensionality to your space. So it's it's no longer just a 3D space. When you add that element of sound, it's similar to when you add movement, you know, if you're a dancer or, or any kind of any kind of action that really begins to move the energy. And that's why I love to use sound in all of my ceremonial offerings. And I love to teach this path because I really believe that it's, it's time now for those priestesses to return and offer their divine feminine voices to the world in sacred service, be that through your one-to-one -one offerings, your group offerings, whatever it is that's speaking through you, having that, that fullness and that soul's voice speaking through you is so powerful. And really, again, like this whole conversation we've been having, 
it aligns you with your highest truth. And then you really know and trust that what you're bringing into the world is part of the reason why your soul came here. And it's part of the reason why you've incarnated to bring through your gifts. So yeah, the power of the voice <laughs> is huge. Elsa, I could listen to you all day. <laughs> the way you articulate this esoteric, um, you know, wisdom is just so beautiful. It's like, it's like medicine to my body. I love chatting with you. Um, and I agree what you're talking about here is the soul content of the voice. What is the content of your soul in your voice? And similarly, um, well, I guess I'll just share my, it's actually not similar. Similarly, like, yes, some things open up as you, you're like, oh, this is what wants to move through me. Interesting. And, and like the chance, the voice memos, oh my God, hundreds of voice memos. Here's the new chat. <laughs> Gotta go back and like, look at this one. Do I lay it on a track? Do I just put it on Insta? What's the deal? What do you want? Got it. Is it just for me? Um, but yeah, I, I was I was never trained and I loved singing as a child. Um, and of course, you know, the classic thing, someone tells you you don't sound good or you're not doing it right and you shut down your voice, you're too loud, you're too this. We've all got that wound, right? And what I found over my growth journey is, you know, I started in the personal development world in like in leadership coaching. But my soul remembered like the lifetimes I've had in devotion. It was like, as soon as that kind of personal development plugged me into my heart, it was go time down all things spirituality. And it was probably, you know, just more like cosmic spirituality, like learning, okay, what are actually the mechanics? Like what's a higher self? What's an oversoul? What is the universe? What are the laws of it? How does it work? Do I, you know, what I'm reading, do it? let me test that in my life. Let me research and really figure out my experience. And then it, and then it morphed into, you know, kind of out of nowhere. It was like, boom. I was like, okay, all of a sudden I feel ISIS. I feel mother Mary and I feel Mary Magdalene around me. I don't even know how I know that they are here. It's just an intuitive knowing. I know that they're here. I know that they're guiding me, yes. you know, and then all of a sudden it was like pedal to the metal. Everything in my life that I was attracting was Hey, you're getting initiated into the goddess path. Get on board, sister. <laughs> We're turning up the gas. So, um, as I and, and as I started on that path, you know, you said this earlier. We are women, especially, but I believe all souls, um, regardless of how you identify, um, are vessels of the god, goddess, universe, whatever you want to call it. This this love, this life animating force. Um, and we're meant to sing, we're meant to dance, we're meant to play. And so it's not so much about learning to sing, although that's part of it. And you, I can't wait for people to hear your voice. Like it shows, but you clearly have immense training, but you've married that with your soul. And so it would be very different if at the beginning of my growth period, I was like, I want to be a singer. Let me go do voice lessons. I would feel very different. I think the sound coming through me would be different. What happened for me is all of a sudden I just started singing all the time. I would just be like, oh, I'm singing. And what it really felt like to me is with all the breath work, with all the devotional practices, with all the different things I was doing as tools to simply um, 
really try to be the best version of myself I could be, which obviously we know is, is, is not so much about gathering skill sets as it is about releasing everything that is not the truth of who you are and really just coming back and remembering the wholeness and the love that we already are. Um, it just started happening, especially after I started doing breath work. I feel like breath work really cleared my channel. And so then it was like, all right, here we go. What sounds do you want to make? And it's not even just, it started with a lot of toning, just letting whatever sound my voice wanted to make, my body wanted to make. And it still is like, that's a big thing. Every morning, my mom will make fun of me. She's like, you sound like you're you sound like you're giving birth. <laughs> like, am I in the pregnancy ward? And I'm like, yes, I am. I'm birthing new projects. I'm birthing new paradigms. I'm birthing new belief systems. I'm birthing the release of things that no longer serve me. And so it was something like, it just felt like it was some, my voice activation was something that opened up like a rose within me rather than something I went after. It was a byproduct. And all of a sudden, it just feels like my true self and it's beginning to take center stage in the way that I orient my life and my service and, um, the way that I practice and be in communion with, with the goddess. So, um, yeah, that's really, that's really where my, my sounding is right now. And similarly to you, which I think is really interesting is when you start to hit on these threads of truth and it's really not us hitting on them, right? It's, when these threads of truth start to come through you because you've done the work to clear all, which is not you, um, the universe sends you people, you know, it's, 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 it's no surprise that, you know, your love, your beloved is a producer. And like you said, you just, you didn't have to go learn all the producing. You didn't have to go on like Fiverr and find a producer and try to work it out. And the same thing happened to me. I knowingly, I ended up um, with my little brother visiting my dad out of the blue earlier this year. And I had known he had been working on music, um, but I didn't really know, like, I didn't even, I didn't know what like mixing and mastering was or anything like that. And I got there and he's like, oh yeah, I'm working with, um, a, I don't know what you would call it, a production coach or to learn how to produce mix and master. And I was like, cool, what's mixing and mastering? <laughs> He's like, oh, it's how you make it sound good, like radio ready. And I was like, oh, I have this chant. Could you marry that with hip hop? And like, I, cause I really feel like my calling is like to bridge worlds. Um, and he's like, yeah. And he totally created such a dope song. We would have released it already. It's waiting on me. Um, I need to relay some of the vocals, but I've been like crying every day. I feel like my voice is really strange. <laughs> so that's not happening yet. I'm like, maybe in the fall. But point being is, wow, all of a sudden there's this beautiful song. Like I got to experience what it feels like to create in the world without having to effort. I've had, I had to be devoted and courageous and show up for the opportunities, but I didn't have to strategize, which felt really good. And there's a time and place for strategy. So I'm not like poo-pooing that all the way, but if your life is all strategy, there's likely an undercurrent of control there that you might want to look at because there's more beauty on the other side when you can release some of that. And that's what I found in my journey. So, um, all that being said, Elsa, so I, I really, I really resonate with you there. I just love that you sharing how the temple and the goddess has birthed through you and, um, you began your sacred service. So 
Talk to us a little bit about sound healing in general. For people who don't know, they're like, okay, great. Yeah, we all have voices. Cool. I listen to the radio. Cool. What are you talking about? What's the point of me investing in time to research or look into or a coaching program where the focus is sacred sound and healing? How does sound heal? What's the bridge there? Yes. So really i believe that we all have a sound healer within us because sound is one of these sacred signatures that we all carry and really the way i feel about sound healing which is because of the training that i've had in the esoteric realms is that it's really it's not about this this formula that you follow in order to get to an end goal. (laughs) And this is something that I see quite often in the sound healing sphere is, okay, so you must have XYZ chakra set of crystal bowls. You must have X number of gongs, like all these beautiful, incredible instruments. And I'm not knocking that because that sounds like an incredible epic sound healing that I would love to experience. But also I think it really has a danger of making it seem inaccessible for the everyday person. And especially for those of us who are healing our journey with our voice and our sacred expression and really coming past that whole idea that it has to be purely performative and that it has to sound really amazing in order for us to be a musician or a sound healer. And really the most amazing sound healings that I have received have been when I can feel that the person who's working with me has really tuned into my vibration and they're attuning their vibration to mine and transmuting that into sound. And so this is something that I really believe that the the ancients used. And I study the ancient Egyptian lineages in particular for this, because there are so many mysteries there around how they used sound and sonic technologies to do all kinds of incredible things. And first and foremost, It was known that the voice and sound is our most rapid route to alchemy on a daily basis, to emotional alchemy, like you are doing, Danny, with your incredible birthing sounds every morning as you're moving through this huge transition. It really, it really um, marks that moment for us, but it also allows us to move the energy because sound healing sound medicine is just like any other vibrational medicine like maybe you use homeopathy or flower essences or essential oils or any kind of plant medicine it's a really similar uh similar concept it's that we're really we're finding the vibrations that we are we're matching within us or within the person we're working with and we're allowing those to be given a voice we're allowing them to be to become real in the world and by doing that we're releasing them from what wherever they have been trapped in the body or in our being and waiting to express 
And so it's similar to the, the idea of ecstatic dance, you know, moving your energy by really understanding how it wants to move through your body at that moment. And the way I use sound in my sound healing practice and the way I teach it is similar. It's first of all, really get to grips with your own sound. How do you want to sound in this moment? And a lot of times it doesn't sound very nice. It doesn't <laughs> sound pretty at all, you know? And that's, that's really part of the human experience. It's part of embracing the dark and the light within us. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with, with Car Carolyn Elliott, Danny, the existential kink author. I love her work. No, but I and, love that name. Yeah, it's that so great. It's, <laughs> I highly recommend this book because it, it puts into words what I'm attempting to articulate, probably in a, in a different way that's maybe a bit clearer for some listeners, because it's really this idea that rather than suppressing all of the dark stuff that we don't want to look at, actually by ignoring it and pushing it under the cover we're we're enabling more and more of that to manifest in our realities without even noticing or knowing that we're doing that because a lot of times it's happening in our subconscious mind and it takes us time and space and devotion and self-love to go into those deep places and really understand the the cognitive functioning of our own existence and those repeating patterns that we might get ourselves into time and time again or self-sabotaging behaviors or behaviors or procrastination or whatever it is and so with sound healing it's a similar principle we're using the channel of the voice in our body that runs through our seven chakras and beyond to really open and understand how we can move this energy through us at this time and powerfully transform any any places that are really asking to be heard and i mean this is the process that i used to heal my thyroid last year and it's also the process that i used to really heal a lot of a lot of things that were going on with my womb and for me the two centers are so connected right so of course that makes total 100 percent sense that that was my own healing journey with this was this deep ancestral pain in me that was really asking to be heard and it's not even about understanding where it came from or who it belongs to or really getting into the detail of that it's really just about allowing it to be heard and allowing it to move through us so that it's no longer controlling us on the day-to-day it's really liberating our soul so that we can continue that path that we came here to do and to walk. So sound healing, amazing. Yes, amen, preach, times infinity, because here's the deal. What I love about sound healing, and yes, there's different types of sound healing. There's thousands, right? But you, people who are listening can start today. Because just like you said, you don't have to understand the story. You don't have, like, you can do the bare minimum. You don't have to do an intention. You don't have to do any of that. You can, and it's powerful and it's helpful to do that. But if all you want to do is make sounds for 10 seconds each morning, 10 seconds of random sounds, whatever your body wants to make, does not have to sound cute. I just gave that, I gave a two hour talk on this on Tuesday to a community, um, about moving the energy, you will notice more spaciousness within yourself and your life will transform. 
if everyone in the world just made sounds for 10 seconds a day, <laughs> uh, ooh, oh ooh, ah, just an example. So, right. It doesn't have to sound pretty. Um, this world was literally be a different place. And then you start bringing the intention and the sciences and the ancient technologies into it. Like you do as a healer, Elsa, and that's a whole different level of healing. Then we're getting to the level where you're healing disease. Literally you're impacting the physical with your voice. The technology of the voice is is being studied more and more. And so there's more and more like science backed information around it, but it's really just the tip of the iceberg um, compared to when you can look into the esoteric teachings and the ancient teachings of, of the, you know, most ancient wise ones and the way that truly the voice, the voice was and is medicine. And it's also our magic wand, you know, it's like, it's called spelling. We're casting spells. We're naming our creations through our voice. So there's all this magic that comes just from talking or just from humming or making random noises or singing. And then also taking your voice and you can locate it to a specific organ and you can start to have conversations back and forth with that organ or any aspect of yourself. But the thing is, you don't have to, you can start today for everyone who's listening by just making random noises and your life will change literally just from that. <laughs> so with that being said, Elsa, I would love for you to share for people who are interested, interested in this subject. I absolutely love your programs. I'd love for you to share some of your offerings so that people know how they can stay in contact with you and check out more if they'd love, if they'd like to. And then I'd love um, for you to share a little, just to like serenade us a little bit with some of these incredible codes that you carry, because truly when you sing, like I said at the beginning, I feel the angels, I feel the goddess, and um, I'd love to just send that out to everyone listening. So how do people stay in touch with you? How do people learn more about sound healing, sacred hound, sounds, devotion to the goddess with you? Thank you, Danny. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram. I am Avalon Songstress on Instagram. And I also have a YouTube channel as well where I share more live teachings, devotional practices, and all of the good stuff. And so I'm just Elsa Field. You can look me up because all of my released music get, get, gets listed under there. And so you can go ahead and listen to me on Spotify as well. And yeah, I'm really excited for the new music that's flowing through me right now, because every time I release something, it feels like the frequency gets purer and purer. So yeah, there's some beautiful things on there and there's more to come. And then for those who are interested in walking this path, of the sacred sound priestess and what that means and how we fully embody that in our lives. I do have the next round of my four month mentorship program that's open for applications right now. And we're opening for enrollment for just one more week. So if anyone's interested, please do reach out and send me a message and I can send you more info. And for those of you in the sisterhood group, I can drop the link in there because everyone that's 
interested in that has the opportunity to book a free one-to-one with me. And this is part of my devotion to the spiritual practice of my business and my devotional offerings is I really love to feel that the work is serving each individual who walks through these temple doors. And I love to feel that true alignment with you if this is the right path for you. So that's really the intention behind having the one-to-one call with me. And it's a beautiful opportunity for me to really help you to align with your priestess path and how you can bring your service into the world with your voice at this time. And so many women are just birthing incredible things into the world and the power of voice and sacred sound really amplifies and adds a depth to your offerings, whatever stage you are at in your priestess path. So that's the intention of the four month mentorship. And it also includes a four day in-person retreat as well in beautiful Glastonbury for anyone who feels called to travel. It's an optional retreat. So thank you for allowing me to share about this really deep and potent offering. And can I just share one more thing about how that was birthed? Yes, please. Yeah. So I went on pilgrimage to Egypt earlier this year and I'd been dreaming in this program for a while and working working with my previous group program and really seeing how the women who were moving through that were ready for this practitioner training, this moment of really bringing the sound healing out to others and offering that as part of their sacred service. And when I visited the, the temple of goddess Hathor, the goddess of music, this temple that's dedicated to, to her on such a huge scale. And you can let me know anyone who's listening in the Facebook group, if you've visited there, I would love to connect with you around your experiences of it. And when I visited there, it was literally like I could feel, and it's similar to what you were sharing, Danny, around the presence of Isis coming in for you. It's like, I could feel the presence of Hathor with me, this great being. And she was just saying to me, it's time Elsa, it's really time now for this practitioner training to come forward. And she literally gave me all of the structure, like the full download in that moment back in February when I was there. So I'm really excited to birth this because it truly feels like the first group training that I've offered that has been a real, an actual collaboration between me and a specific divine being. So Hathor has been walking with me throughout the creation of it, really helping me to hone and come home to the truth within every aspect of the training and the and the modules and the practices and the tools. So I'm just so excited to share this with the beautiful group that's coming forward. And yeah, thank you for allowing me to share about my heart offering, Danny. Oh, yes, of course. And yeah, so for those of you who are feeling, you know, if you if you feel if you felt drawn to Egypt, if you felt drawn to Hathor, know that that is the overguiding goddess that has been collaborating with Elsa on this. So you will get all of those codes. It really, really is incredible. And, um, you know, before we actually have you, we have a couple more minutes here before we have you go into any kind of sound, it feels important just to mention like 
as priestesses, as light workers, however you want to name it, just as someone who's dedicated to becoming their full potential in this lifetime and anchoring peace and love here on this earth and being of service to the goddess and to others. And that's how I would divine, define a, a priestess in a nutshell. Um, gathering in groups is so important. It's so important. Um, it's important for our hearts to feel held and seen and witnessed in a space of non-judgment. It's important for us to um, have external confirmation that there's others who feel this way, um, to give each other permission to be who we are. Um, and part of being who we are, even though it sounds like it would be a definition, it's undefinable. So be who you are in each moment, um, not being attached to an identity or thinking that you have to fit in a role, but being in a community where people see you bigger than you see yourself and they see your heart. And so they love you in each moment, regardless of what's coming through. Um, this is not only just for the personal growth of ourselves, but also for anchoring the light and opening up portals of light here on this earth. So there's this one card, I forget which deck it's in. Mm, I want to say it might be in the Kali Oracle. Um, one of the decks by Alana Fairchild, which anyone who's getting into or Oracle cards, Alana Fairchild is like, I'm a huge fangirl. I think all of her decks are always super amazing. But she gives this example where she's like, the beings want to flood this earth with light. And they are. However, in order to anchor it here, we need to be gathering in circles where we're calling it in together because the amount of light that they wanna flood is like the amount of light that could power a city. And you can't put the power of a city into the power of a house, the house would blow up. So if we're always just doing our devotional practice by ourselves, which is important, you know, we can't bring in as strong a portal of power because we would burn out. So when we gather in sister circle or in brother sister circle, right? It doesn't have to just be women. Um, it's really gathering in groups with intention. Magic happens because you are literally opening a portal of light. You're calling in higher dimensionalities to come here and manifest in the third dimension. So things that might have taken you to put it in a linear example, and I'm doing quotes for those listening on the podcast, a linear example, something that could take, you know, a month for you praying for might manifest in a week because you've done it with a group, you know, and again, it's not a linear process. It's magic. It's synchronicity. It's, it's beyond the mind's understanding. Um, but that's just a metaphor for, um, what can happen in groups. So thank you Elsa for your service in bringing women together um, in this sacred service of using the voice um, to heal ourselves and heal the world. It's so beautiful. So with that, Elsa, I would love to hear just one more thing from you. Well, two more things. One, what's your definition of a priestess? <laughs> and two, serenade us, baby. <laughs> oh, it would be my pleasure. Yeah, so the definition of a priestess for me is the feminine spiritual way shower. So it's really this quite radical concept <laughs> that um, of course will become less radical as we progress and as we evolve. But right now emerging from 
3,000 years of patriarchal religion being all over the planet. It's a radical concept of women stepping forward as spiritual leaders, as community leaders, and being in that position of leadership. And that doesn't mean a power over structure. So it doesn't mean I have more knowledge than you, so I'm on a pedestal over here, or I'm an authority on this and you're not. That's really not the energy behind reclaiming and embodying the word priestess. It's really understanding that you are a vessel for that divine light pouring forwards and pouring out of you and into all of your creations and that you get to open up the way for others, that you get to be that way shower that's leading people along their own path to discovering their own divinity. So that's the definition of a priestess. And before I drop into the sound space, can you just give me a moment to close my window? Of course. Okay. Yes. So if you, if you wanted just to ground people a little while I just fix this, that would maybe be perfect. I'll just be a couple of moments. Beautiful, beautiful. So go ahead, everyone who's listening and just take some deep breaths in the nose and out the mouth. Imagining that there's a column of light running through your central channel, your spinal cord of your body and going down deep, deep, deep into the earth. See this column of light going down through the soil, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet or yards, meters, <laughs> depending on where you are in the world, into the earth, anchoring and feel the divine mother, Mama Gaia, holding you. The cool soil, imagine it around you. Feel the gravity, mother's love holding you to her service. And then take one more deep breath. And let it go. And we are ready. Mm. So Danny, do you mind just muting yourself, my darling? That really helps. Yeah, just for the playing of this backing track that I'm gonna use, which is aligned to Mary Magdalene. just dropping in now into the space of your heart. And as we have journeyed with 
today, really feeling now that sense of the heart expanding like the petals of a beautiful rose. that's opening and unfolding ready to show the world who you truly are even when there is fear and doubt that may be present She's still opening. And as I play these sacred sounds, if you feel that call to use your voice, maybe it's with a simple humming tone, maybe it's through your own melody that flows through you, inviting that all of that is so welcome. As we now call upon the presence of the Lady of Avalon, Goddess of these sacred lands, We ask that her violet healing flame enters into the hearts of each one of us present, helping us to align with our inner truth in every moment.
back to the temples like it's so easy when I'm wrapped in a blanket of your voice and your sound codes just I just feel like I'm I'm back in another time with priestess sisters and it is such divine nectar thank you thank you for that gift and sharing it so boldly in the world so appreciate you being on here today with us Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and yeah, it means means so much what you just shared as well, because that is truly where I feel most bliss and ecstasy is being in the temple space and knowing that our own bodies are that temple, right? That we resonate within every day of our lives. So thank you, Danny. Yes. And just to listeners to notice when you start to come into relationship with sound, like notice how you feel after that. And maybe even go back and listen to it with headphones. If you didn't have headphones on the first time and just feel the spaciousness 
the upliftment, the peace, the grounding, the magic, just to name a few. That's just a little taste, a little divine sampling for you all. So blessings to you, Elsa. Thank you again for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. And yeah, can I just share that when we dropped into that just then, I felt so strongly the energy that, that you have been pouring into this sisterhood and this sacred container and it was like the the groundwork had been so well prepared for us to go deep even in 13 minutes just then and so yeah just really honoring your creative energy that you're devoting to this sisterhood and to all of the women that are gathering here and that holy intention so thank you danny mm -hmm. my heart just exploded <laughs> all right all and actually let me just quickly check the facebook if you are watching live on facebook and you have any questions go ahead and put them in the chat real quick just going to give it about 30 seconds and we'll see if there's any questions from our live viewers we are bumping up on our time here. Okay. All right. We're going to wrap. All right. That's a wrap all. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time. Mwah. Thank you for tuning in. I see you and honor you in showing up for your growth and doing the damn thing. If you'd like to connect further, you can find me on Instagram at danny.frederick, that's D-A-N-I dot F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K, or at Humans Grow. You'll also find links in the show notes to our YouTube channel, mailing list, and the Facebook group where you can watch recordings live. And in case you forgot, here is your friendly reminder that you are an amazing being of light in a human suit. You are powerful, beautiful, and courageous, even if it doesn't always feel that way. Until next time, mwah.